This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. There is no Evan Grant. There is an Evan there Grant. Went, well, there is an Evan <laughs> Grant. A metaphysical question. Yeah, it is. You know, and here's the problem with Evan. We, we try to do a... We're limiting into one here. Yeah, we're limiting here's into the one. the problem. Okay. Yeah, well, that wasn't a problem. Actually, that was good. The problem is that when he when he goes out there and does those things, he, he doesn't hear very well, as we know, you know, and so he doesn't hear all the banging going on around him. You know, it's Others like, do. Are you on a loading dock? <laughs> Where are you, man? Go find a quiet place. It was like he was in a courtyard where four separate doors opened into... <laughs> A little, uh, and a courtyard is like two foot by two foot. Yeah. And all these doors are going, and a stairway oh in the courtyard. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. It was awful. We, we apologize for the quality of that. <laughs> the quality of the conversation was very good. The quality of the, the of the uh, uh, everything going around it, that was that was not so good. We're, we're, pro- we're, we're apologetic. Part of the that. charm of the Ballsy podcast. Yeah, it's part of our charm. We have a lot of that. So, uh, well, we want to talk about the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, you know, everything's slowed down now, uh, but it's starting to pick up steam a little bit. And, uh, and pretty soon here, the Cowboys are going to have to make a decision about Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, if they can't get him signed to a long-term deal, they're going to have to tag him by March. March 5th in order to – now, they can still work toward yeah. uh, a deal for – that will give them another two to three months to, to work toward a deal. But uh, – uh, I, I don't think he will be – I don't think the tag will be in place on him once training camp starts. But uh, it, it's going to be a big contract, and it's going to be bigger than what they would have paid him and what he would have taken last year. So yeah. that was we'll the see where that, this goes. That's the risk they ran. Yeah. But, but, but their, you know, their side of it was he, is not, he had not put together back-to-back seasons of double-digit sacks until these last two years. Yeah. Um, he had not been able to stay on the field for an entire season in back-to-back years. Um, so he, he was able to do that. And, and even going back to, um, you know, going back to 2016, where he played the final eight games with a, uh, you know, with a, a back, uh, injury that he could have easily have shut it down, but he stayed out there and played. I mean, they, they have seen everything about this guy. Uh, they want to reward him. They want to keep him going forward. But like anything, how do they view what that reward should be versus how he views what that reward should be? And I, I think they will make him a very lucrative contract offer. Um, will it be enough to get this done by March 5th? Uh, it's really difficult to say right now whether or not. Uh, it's really difficult to give odds on that one way or the other. I don't know that they've – uh, had serious enough discussions at this point 
exchanging concrete numbers. Uh, they've certainly exchanged concepts, but that's different from concrete numbers and, and getting down to what the guarantee is going to be, what the signing bonus is going to be, um, which are the key numbers. But but this contract's going to go over $100 million. There's no question. Yeah. So now you brought up something interesting uh, in, the, in the story you wrote the other day about his situation uh, is that he needs sh- uh, shoulder surgery for torn labrum. Is that torn it? Torn left labrum, yeah. And and he is not going to get that until he gets a contract, right? Those are those are the indications. And um, about to write something about this just when we finish the podcast. Uh, he is, you know, that is typically three to four months recovery. So you're basically at the stage now. Even if he agrees to a contract by March fifth, you're not going to see him really in the organized team activities or the mini camp. Now you'll you'll see him. He'll be there which if he's under the franchise tag, I think there's a very good chance he's not there at all. Uh, he's made it pretty clear, uh, if I don't have a long-term contract, I'm not taking part in the off-season program. Now, uh, but, but the point of all of this is that you're not going to see him work out in the off-season anyway, uh, at least from a team standpoint. It's going to be rehabbing. So he, he's delayed this to the point, and, and there's no concern in the organization they would rather see him get the surgery sooner rather than later. But their plan was already, well, he's going to need this labrum surgery, so he's really not going to be on the field much during organized team activities and, and probably even not the mini camp. And even in training camp, we're going to limit him. And, I mean, this is a veteran guy who's had a lot of wear and tear on his body, and you know how important he is to the team. They traditionally don't push those guys in camp. We've seen it time and time mm-hmm. again. So, um, yeah, I, I you know if people want to say, "Oh my gosh, well he's delaying surgery. What that? What is that going to mean for him working back in?" I don't think a whole lot because I don't think he was going to do a lot this all season anyway. Is what right. I'm getting to. So I think that's a. Uh, I think he views it somewhat as leverage and, and incentive to get this deal done sooner rather than later, and. They probably do, too, but I don't think it's the, the leverage or the, oh, what in the world are you doing? How is this going to impact your ability to get ready for the season? We're, we're certainly not to that point yet. Yeah, I know there's a, a lot of posturing that goes on, on in all of this, and uh, but uh, I just think it, it, it's uh, good to go on the record about it. I mean, first of all, the guy is not only a productive pass rusher, you know, and, and one of the better ones, you know, because as we know – uh, sacks are a little bit fluky, you know, when a guy gets a sack sometimes. Sometimes a guy gets a sack and just, you know, sure. there's nobody blocking him and he just runs in and bang, and there you go. Um, but this is a guy who gets a lot of attention uh, on the field. Not only is he a good pass rusher and gets a lot of quarterback hits, which is also very important. I believe at one point only Von Miller, Miller had, yeah. had had more quarterback hits over the last two years or three mm-hmm. years, whatever it is, um, is that he's also really good against the run. Uh, standing you know, against the run, he sets yeah, the edge really well. Yeah, so so this is an all around player. Yeah, you know, and and uh, it was funny. I, I wrote that at some point, uh, maybe it was on a tweet. I can't even remember now that you know that he was the most important guy on the defense. And and I had people argue with me about that. That oh, the linebackers were those young linebackers. It's like no, no, the, Marcus you, Lawrence. You see what happened in that Indianapolis game. If they don't get if they don't if that front four does not stop these guys. You see what happens to the linebackers. They just get washed out yep. as good as they are. You know, you got to have these guys up front, and he is clearly the dominant player on that front four. So, uh, yeah, I think he's the most important guy on this defense. You uh, finally got your defense back to a level 
where it can stand on its own and actually carry the offense in certain yeah. games. You have a defense that can now win games for you with its performance. You let DeMarcus Lawrence go, you're not going to be able to say that. No. It's not like and, and now it puts more ready. weight on an offense, which was one of the worst in the league last season. Yeah. So they, yeah, just just for the balance of your team, your competitive balance going forward, this is a this is a player you have to sign, and and the Cowboys know that. That's how they're approaching yeah. it, um, and I think it will get done, but. I'm not so sure it'll get done by March 5th. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either if that didn't happen, you know, because uh, I think they are smart about this stuff. I think they're smarter about a lot of the things that they do now. It's kind of remarkable to watch this process uh, unfold with the Cowboys and how they've drafted and how they've done. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give them too much credit because that just feels weird <laughs> to do that. Uh, but, it, you know, they've drafted better. They've, uh, they, they've, got, they've finally got their cap in good shape. They've got room to do things that they want to do, uh, if they could do. And uh, Minimal dead money this year going forward. That, that's why they're in a position. You have a lot of players coming up. They're going to get big money extensions. Yeah. Now, it's going to ch- start to change a little bit, but you're in a position to do it now because you got rid of all the dead money. Right. You so don't, you don't have to keep re going to players and restructuring their contracts to get money to get DeMarcus Lawrence an extension, to get uh, to re-sign Cole Beasley if you want to, to sign uh, Byron Jones and, and Dak Prescott to extensions. You don't have to go to other players now and rework deals. You have the room to do it. All right, you mentioned Cole Beasley's name. Let's. I want to talk about free agents, guys who are free agents who will not be back. I'm going to say that Cole Beasley and David Irving are the two most prominent players. Well, David Irving, yeah, the, the, the club has no intentions of bringing back David Irving at this point. And, and, and this is a club, you know, especially on the outside, you never see them slam the door completely. They always, their mantra is never say never. Right. And, you know, if – you could have something happen in your defensive line unexpectedly early in the off season and and Irving doesn't get the offer that he anticipates and he says, "Hey, I learned my lesson. Can I come back?" and then but but at this point there's no intention to proceed with uh David Irving that that he will just uh, be a free agent and one they're not going to pursue. Cole Beasley's going to be interesting. We talked about him before. I I think there's going to be some interest out there. I don't know if the interest is going to be to the financial level that he expects. And if it's not, then do you see him coming back here? Much like uh, Terrence Williams a couple of years ago, who on Monday uh, he was released. Uh, but, you know, when Terrence Williams hit free agency a couple of years ago, the idea was, well, you know, he's not great, but he's good enough to where he's going to get more. He's going to be more valuable. You know, another team's going to pay him more. He couldn't get that on the free agent market. So he came back here for a, a price that you thought uh, that, that was very reasonable. I, I, think that's, I think that possibility still exists with Cole Beasley. But now if you lose Cole Beasley, now suddenly you're looking at it. Really, your only productive receivers that are coming back are Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Right. Um, you know, and you have a decision with Alan Hearns, who had that horrendous injury, when, when would he be? Game. When would he be able to come back? Well, uh, you're looking probably in training camp, but you're going to have to make a decision before then. Uh, you know, if you if you release him here, uh, you actually save like five million dollars. Um, I think Hearns we're talking about, yeah, Alan Hearns. So they have. See, I 
I thought there wasn't much of a question that they were going to release him before the injury just for his level of production, and you can go out on the free agent market and find a comparable guy for the same money or less and then address it again, the position again in the draft. But uh, once again, even with getting Cooper and what you saw with Gallup, uh, you don't have much behind them right now. No. So so that's where uh, Cole Beasley becomes an interesting leverage point in free agency, what happens with him and uh, how you proceed. You know, I have mixed emotions about uh, Cole Beasley. Certainly, he made the biggest catch of the entire season in the back of the end zone. Uh, just a tremendous play. And I don't, mm-hmm. there are not many guys on the team that can make that. Not many guys in the NFL probably would make that catch. Um my my problem with him is is that uh, I believe he's a little one dimensional. Uh, you know, he he runs great routes and he's really quick and he's got a great hand and 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 he's certainly a, a great security blanket for Dak Prescott. Yards after catch aren't great, mm-hmm. you know, and you can tell. And that and we know what that goes back to. A couple of years ago, he was running that, you know, and, and guys were holding him up, and stripping him of the ball. You yeah. know, he's a little guy, and that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the same reason you don't want him on punt returns. Basically, he's just standing back there to make a fair catch. Yeah, if, it's, By it, large. if, if there's nothing out there in front of him, then he'll take off. But you know, can you really get away with that? I mean, to me, a slot receiver, the the way for for Cole Beasley or, or that that position to make an impact is if that guy's returning punts and he's a viable punt returner, you know, a guy that, you know, who's going to get it because, you know, because as we know, who would you rather him throw on the ball to Dak Prescott? Would you rather have him throw the ball to Mari Cooper? Mm-hmm. Who's certainly going to get a lot of money. He's yards a, after catch. A lot of yards after catch, big, fast guy, Michael Gallup, big, fast guy, you know, you know, going to make the plays downfield. Or are you going to throw it to the third guy? Well, the third guy, and that's what Cole Beasley's complaint is, is that, you know, I, I'm not being a focal point enough. Well, he, he's the third guy in an offense that throws 28 yeah. to 30 times a game versus the third guy in an offense that throws, you know, 50, 50 to 55 times a game, right. which most offenses in the league are. So just by the number of opportunities, that is what Cole Beasley looks at and goes, well, if I have this same role in another offense – it's really more of a that tilts toward the passing uh, end of the spectrum more than the running end like the Cowboys do, then my numbers are going to be up like the other top slot receivers in the league. And certainly other teams in this league see that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to find out here in, yeah. in about two to three weeks. Yeah, we will. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. I, you know, I'd love to see Cole stay. I think he's, he's a very valuable player uh, for what he does. Uh, but I just think, too, when you – when you're you're trying to put that 53 man roster together, and uh, to me, you know, do you want to keep Tavon Austin and you know uh, Cole Beasley? You know, to me that that's a little uh, bit of a duplicate, uh, and, and I, I think, and and I, I just think that if you can get, uh, let's take a Penny Hart, you know, who's been talked yeah. about a lot as a guy who's a really really fast, really great, uh, you know, a lot of potential, uh, has played well in postseason uh, games, uh, so. Uh, you know, is I don't know if he'd be available in the second round. I don't know if they want to spend a second round pick on that. And they may decide they want to, you know, fix their defensive tackle position a little bit there. Uh, may may want to take a tight end there if they could get that. You know, uh, so there, I think there are decisions that have to be made here, and they need to be making them pretty soon. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna try to spend a, a pick on somebody like that, then then you have to make that decision. Well, and again, that's why I think. Cole Beasley, and I think that will be settled sooner rather than later. If if Cole Beasley is going to get the money on the open market he thinks he does, it's going to happen in the first five to seven days. Yeah. If he doesn't go in the first five to seven days, 
then he's not getting the money that he thought he was. And then suddenly you have that period of free agency where you don't have a lot of movement because players are frozen because they believe they were going to get more money that they didn't get in the first week, and they don't like the offers that they're getting. So they're not in a hurry to sign anywhere. Yeah. So then, you know, that's how it's gone these these last, you know, seven, eight years in free agency. You have that big burst in the first five days. Then you don't see a lot happen for about a, a week, ten days, because players have to readjust their uh, assessment of what they're worth, and teams have to sit there and go, well, we're not going to jump in and pay this money here. We paid, you know, we'll let this go on another week and we can get them for even less. So then you have a waiting game right after that initial burst. So if, if Cole Beasley doesn't go early, um, I think that in, enhances the chances that he'll be back with the Cowboys. Well, we don't have a lot of time left, so I'm going to play a little lightning round with you here. Okay. Uh, uh, the first thing I'm going to say is, is Earl Thomas going to be on the Cowboys roster on opening weekend? It's all if they can structure a contract, an incentive-based contract based on performance and number of games he plays that gets him to the level that he wants, yes. If if you can't build an incentive-laced contract, uh, I don't see him coming here for the money that they would pay. Two, would they – if they can't get Earl, would they go after Landon Collins? I think so. Now – the question is, there, there's word that the the Giants may use the franchise tag on Landon Collins. Really? Yeah. If, uh, But if Landon Collins is available, he would probably be, uh, one, he's younger. Some ways he fits this off. He, I don't, he's not as good of a player. He's not the playmaker no. that Earl Thomas is. But there's a question he's about a good his cover fit. skills. Yeah, so. he's a good fit in this scheme. I, I think, yeah, they would, if, if they could, um, I think to some extent Dallas will look at both of the you – know, Dallas has not been – I realize this is devolving from a lightning round, but let me say yeah. this. We'll get back to the lightning round. <laughs> okay. Um, I think Dallas is going to spend more in free agency this year than they have in the past, and I think they feel Earl Thomas is a guy that's warranted to spend it on and Landon Thomas is a guy that – Collins. Collins is a guy they they're, uh, could spend it on. Uh, I, I see them actively pursuing one or the other of those players. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and uh, defraying the whole uh, lightning round even more. Uh, I, I, I really see them believing – to me, that was the, the biggest letdown of this defense last year was a play at safety. Uh, well, and they just don't – they don't make any play. They don't get no, any turnovers. No. And you can't be – you know, they're right on the cusp, but they've got to start getting some turnovers. And and Earl Thomas seems better equipped to, to help you do that than any one individual player out there. No question. Great center fielder. Uh, yeah. Landon Collins much more of a physical presence to yeah. me than, than Earl, although Earl's a hitter too. But uh, but Landon is a, a big – at least he would bring, bring that yeah. to the table. And you're making the Giants worse. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. Uh, first, the, will the Cowboys trade up into the, to the first round? No. No. Will they trade up higher into the second round? Because they had the 59th pick. That's, yeah, I, I can see that happening. Uh, and that depends on if they get the – they should get a compensatory pick probably in the fourth round for Anthony Hitchens. Uh, as long as they get another pick in there that, that they can trade. If there's a player they really want, yeah, I can see them moving up in the second round. Would the Cowboys' priority be a defensive tackle to shore up the, the, uh, the run defense or a tight end? I believe they were encouraged with what they saw late in the year at tight end. Understanding you can't spend everywhere. 
Uh, good defensive tackle class. I think there'll be a more quality defensive tackle there than there would be. But again, depending on what happens to receiver, don't rule out a receiver in the second round. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're listing uh, position needs uh, one, two, three, four. Biggest need. I'll do safety, defensive tackle, wide receiver. I I wouldn't mind a uh, a change of pace back out of the backfield. Would you? At four. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to diversify this offense, I think you need to do something like that. You know, I, I don't think they can bring Rod Smith back at running back as a backup running back. I just I don't not the I, way they used him last year. I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, it just doesn't. And listen, here, two years ago we showed something. Last year he wasn't even part of a he wasn't in rotation, and when he wasn't no, there, he didn't do anything. No, I, I just don't think his skill set really matches well enough. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, a change of pace back would be would be something uh, would be interesting to see out there. And you know what? I, I, I always believe that you should be able to get that out of a draft. I, I don't understand yeah. why you're why people sign veteran. I mean, especially with occasion. this offensive line. Yes, uh, there, there are times when you just need to do that. All right, I think this is the last question. Uh, maybe I get, maybe I'll be working another one too. <laughs> Travis Frederick will be back at what he was before. Close. What do we think? He'll be back. I think it's too early to say at, at what level. And yeah. uh, um, everyone has gotten back from this injury, but they're not elite athletes. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. Uh, uh, and just a little bit there can can make a difference so sure. I, it's too too soon to answer he still has some issues correct his lower body upper body strength he puts it about 90 to 95 percent of where it was uh lower body strength he still doesn't have that explosion mm-hmm. but he's not walking with a limp anymore he has all of the feeling back in his extremities which he didn't have deep into uh this past year um the the arc of improvement basically he's gotten to the point now where he just has to rebuild his strength and conditioning. Yeah. Uh, but but almost all of the, the nerve regeneration is back. Okay. So you, you listed your top four draft uh, needs. You did not include an offensive lineman. Do you not believe that? Oh, the- no, that's in there, too. That, that's why I hesitated. Okay. You could go offensive lineman in the four and knock, the, uh, knock mm-hmm. the change of pace back to five. Yeah, I think I probably would do that. Do you think there's any chance that Lyle Collins could be a guard next year instead of a tackle? There's a chance I believe they'll keep him at tackle. Yeah. So the starting left guard next year will be? Starting left guard will be, I think it'll be Connor Williams. Connor Williams. So uh, do we do we have any idea what uh, – I know they wanted him to get bigger and stronger. Do we have any idea that they put him on any kind of special program in the offseason? Yeah, he has. They gave him – I don't know all of the particulars, but, yeah, they we want you to get this weight. We want you to hit these uh, strength benchmarks. Yeah. Uh, at, at these times. So um, they feel very good about him. One, how conscientious he is mm-hmm. uh, and, and how disciplined he is in his approach and how he's willing to listen and learn and, and get better. Um, what they, did he they play at good last about year? Oh, I'll have to go back and see. You know, it's probably a little heavier than what you thought, what it came in at. Because he's pretty tall. Say, yeah. I want to say 308. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have said he was that big, but I, but I, ninety five uh, to three hundred eight. Right you know, the, if you you know you see these guys in the, when you see him in the locker room, you get a better idea. There's no no yeah. pads on and everything. He is it's a he's tall. He's very athletic, and mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that his explosion is terrific and he's jumping on top of tables and things yeah. like that. And I don't know how many other offensive linemen can do that. Uh, but he does seem to be a little bit of a narrow build to me, a little bit. Yeah. And, and well, that was the question. He's built again. He was a college tackle, and yeah. you're moving him inside. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I, I just wonder about that it, because the, you're saying he's not squatty enough. For I'm not you, squatty enough. He's, not, he's not like Willie. Calhoun. Willie Calhoun. Yeah. The former Willie the, Calhoun. The squatty, build. stubby, whatever. Uh, is that? Is that? You know. It seemed to me that Lyle Collins is is more of a guard. He just seems like a guard to me. It kind of has a little bit more of the build for it, a little more of the personality for it. I think he just likes that position, you know. And if Connor Williams, but played, he wants to play. He wants to play right tackle. He does want to play right yeah. tackle. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but but no, I think a lot. You know, initially it was, hey, we really like Lyle Collins at guard. We think he's maybe a little more suited for this. Then, yeah. then you had Doug Free leave, and you had, well, let's swing him outside, and that's what he really wants. And and um, he can play either one. But then you get into um, – and, and, and if you got a, a true Pro Bowl right tackle, then you move him back inside, no question. Yeah. I don't know that there's enough difference in the in the talent level of, of Connor Williams and Lyle Collins yeah. where you make that move and one Collins is going to embrace it. You know, Collins would have to embrace it from the same boys like, Well, yeah, this guy's really good. I see it. I if yeah. you did that with Connor Williams, I don't know that Lyle Collins will go, Oh yeah, I see this. I'll yeah. go back inside. What the heck? I'll do whatever I have to. Uh yeah, I think that's interesting. Well, there's a lot of things for the Cowboys to do. I do think, like going into last season, I thought that this team had a good roster. And I and yeah, I think that uh, it's a good roster going into this season and it should be better. Uh, these guys were a year older. That made it a pretty big impact last year. Certainly, uh, you know, what Leighton Vander Esch was able to do, Michael Gallup was able to do. Uh, and now, and we, and we listed talking about needs. Some of those needs were just really depth. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you're talking about offensive line, if you want to put that in your top four. Absolutely. Even if you want to put tight end in your top four, it's not necessarily a guy who's going to come in and start this next year. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a guy in college in the in the second or third round who's going to be able to make it, that bunch of an impact. Yeah. He might. You know, you might really hit something. You know, Iowa has two tight ends yeah. that could go in the first two rounds of the draft. So that's, a, you know, um, that's a, certainly a possibility. And the Cowboys ask more of their tight ends than most teams do as they well. Do. So that that makes a difference uh, too, but yeah, I I really do think that uh, you know there's enough things in place here that that this is a Cowboys team, and you to your point about uh, the, that they would make some signs in free agency. This is when you do it. This is when you go out and spend a little money. Is when you think, all yeah. right, we're close, and then, will this guy put us over the hump? Yes, then let's do that. And I think it's certainly a guy like Earl Thomas can do that. He can put you over the hump. He's uh, one of the few free agents out there that makes sense for you to spend on right now where you are. Yeah. And that you can see would say, well, this guy can make an appreciable difference. Yeah, he could. All right, that's going to do it for our Cowboys podcast. We've had uh, we did three of them today. We did the Rangers, we did the Mavericks, and we've done the Cowboys. Um, we appreciate you uh, tuning in on those and uh, watching it on YouTube and uh, getting it on iTunes and all the many multifaceted ways you can platforms to platform. distribute information these days. Wow, that's right. We are multimedia. Who would have said that at one time about us? <laughs> People still don't say that about us. Really. <laughs> well, you know, what the heck? What the heck? I thought I'd just throw it out there. 
So from everybody in here to everybody out there, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.